Welcome everyone to another A Culture Cut. I'm your host Dave Oscuro and today I wanted to first off say it's been a little while since I've done an A Culture Cut. Um, the idea was to do several of them during the hiatus and as it turned out I did a couple and then we got back on our normal schedule and so it didn't seem like it made much sense to do one. I have been hoping to get one out more recently but every time I have an idea of what to do a new episode is coming out of the main show and so it kind of doesn't feel right to cannibalize listens but today I feel inspired so forgive me for my rambling as I go on about this but I I was thinking for a while on doing a cut about filmmaking Um, I used to do a podcast called the Grindhouse podcast and for those who listen to that podcast you know that I tried to approach having conversations about movies and film from the perspective of someone who's been working in that field for 13, 14 years now. And since I kind of ran course with that podcast, I haven't touched on film too much on a culture shock, other than when I have guests who happen to work in the industry, we may wax poetic about it. But as far as um, talking about the inner workings of films, kind of felt like I'd said everything I had to say about that with the last podcast. However... 2022's Texas Chainsaw Massacre has renewed my interest in talking about inner film workings in particular, and there's lots that I could say about that movie, and if you've read my timeline on Twitter, at Dave Oscuro, you would know my opinions on the matter. It's big, dumb, but kind of fun. But my issue is not really with the paper-thin plot holes or barely barely uh, tangible character development or the blatant plagiarism. Well, actually, it is about the blatant plagiarism. Because one of the things that signifies and defines my generation of filmmaking, of which the filmmakers of Texas Chainsaw Massacre are of my graduating class, so to speak. In fact, the director and the DP came up in the same community in Austin, Texas that I did, and around the same time. In fact, I even worked with Ricardo Diaz on a short film when I was still cutting my teeth, maybe two or three years into the industry. What I'm here to talk about on this culture cut is not the film's shortcomings per se, but one of its shortcomings that I see not only in this movie, but in a lot of movies of my generation, and that is the homage. A lot of people my age and around my age grew up on what I like to call the Mount Rushmore of indie filmmakers in Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Kevin Smith, and John Favreau. I mentioned those four because the quintessential films that each of them first became world-renowned on, be it um, Reservoir Dogs and the famous Madonna conversation and tracking shots from Goodfellas, or the Goodfellas tracking shot in Swingers, John Favreau's writing debut, or the many sort of homages to spaghetti westerns in um, uh, El Mariachi and Desperado, and of course, who could forget all the homages in Clerks? The, those four filmmakers, and of course there's more, but those four filmmakers really, you could tell, had a love for genre. And because they had a love for genre, it felt natural that they would implement so many of their favorite aspects of the genre that had for the most part been sort of passed aside, set aside in... in, in um, in lieu of more contemporary filmmaking techniques. It was refreshing, even though it was old. It was new, but it had a different spin on it. The problem there lies is that folks like me and others 
grew up on those films. Those films came out during our more um, developmental teenage years when our tastes are formulating. And so now, as we are entering into our late 30s and 40s, and we are now the filmmakers who are being given opportunities to revive franchises like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what are we doing? We're leaning so heavily on homage. And there is a fine line between homage and plagiarism. When I was earlier on in my film career, I did a silly short film about zombies. And again, as a young filmmaker, I couldn't help but shove as many homages into this short film as I possibly could, including an homage to Young Guns of all movies. I did so because I was so influenced by the filmmakers that I loved that I wanted to replicate their style of filmmaking. But of course, as I've matured, I've learned that their style of filmmaking worked and was special because it was exactly that, theirs. They were not so much copying Francis Ford Coppola or Ridley Scott or Martin Scorsese. They were paying they were writing a sort of a love letter to those filmmakers without copying them. Even when they did ape shots directly, most famously in Swingers, it, there's a meta-ness to it. Right before the famous Goodfellas shots replicated in Swingers, they're discussing how great the shot is. And frankly, they're also discussing how great the shot is in Reservoir Dogs, which is also paying homage to the tracking shot from Goodfellas. Now, fast forward, and what are we doing? We're still shoving homages into movies, except now it's not fresh. Because, see, those movies came out when I was a teenager, and now I'm middle-aged. Which means that for 25, 30 years, we have been shoving homages and Easter eggs into movies. It's gotten to the point where it's an old trope, and it no longer serves to make the film interesting. In fact, it's become a deterrent from the film. The moment a movie is released, you'll just scour the YouTube channels and all you'll see is, you know, 30 Easter eggs you missed in The Matrix, 50 Easter eggs you missed in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 25 Easter eggs you missed in Scream. You know what I also missed in those movies? Coherent plot, character development, tension. These things are being sacrificed in order to shove in as much old shit that you might remember into the movie as possible. It's almost like the filmmakers themselves or the studios behind the films don't have any faith that the content of the film can stand on its own or and in fact feel like the only way to generate interest is to shove in a bunch of stuff that you remember from way back when. One only has to look at the success of the most recent Spider-Man movie to see that its main draw was the returning of uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in their respective characters as Spider-Man. Again, shoving in the old into the new. There seems to be no faith in the material in and of itself. So how does that relate to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, beyond the fact that it's shoved full of Easter eggs and homages, I'm doing air quotes on radio, it crosses the line between homage and even gratuitous homage. It crosses the line beyond that into straight-up plagiarism. There are scenes that are virtually the same shots as other movies, and not even old movies. Without giving spoilers, one of the deaths is a direct plagiaristic response to a scene in Halloween 2 that just came out like a year and a half ago. 
There are scenes that are ripped directly from Star Wars. There are scenes ripped directly from, um, I mean, obviously there's scenes, uh, homages from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I could excuse those, but it's the other scenes that have been just shoehorned in at every turn. This is a film that had a $20 million budget shot in Bulgaria, which means that that budget probably stretched as though it was closer to $60 million. Somewhere along the lines, there was time to do a rewrite. There was a time to make the film interesting on its own and it stopped being love letters because at a certain point, a love letter is no longer charming. It's creepy. And as filmmakers, as artists, I think we have crossed over into creepy territory. We are no longer the cinephiles of the Tarantino era, of the Rodriguez era, of the Smith and Farrow era. No, no, no. We're more like Stan from the Eminem song, who's writing creepy letters obsessively to this this cult personality that he obsesses over. And when we talk about toxic fandom it's no it's no wonder that we have it because we have been as filmmakers i'm speaking to the filmmakers out there to the content creators to the artists out there we have become obsessed with the old it's troubling and it's distracting and i think that if we want to move forward and certainly if you're a new filmmaker of a younger generation if you're a zenial who's coming up and you're looking for a way to carve your own path, avoid the mistakes of my generation and our obsession with homage. Let us instead use what we know from the past to build something new, something fresh, something exciting. Let us please not succumb to the, spect- uh, to the spectacle of society that regurgitates everything that we once held precious into a commodity that holds no meaning. For all the criticism that the most recent Matrix movie has against it, and some of it, much of it, even legitimate, there's a famous line there that where she talks about, where Lana's talking about through her characters, that what the Matrix does is take things that we care about that are personal to us, and it just makes it a widget. And I think that this obsession with these love letters, these creepy love letters to the past have become the mechanism by which the spectacle can do that. Because your movie is no longer an artistic standalone piece of art. It's no longer a voice. It is just a commercial for a better time. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you've experienced that. If you still, by some chance, watch WWE Current wrestlers are viewed as not real stars because they're constantly bringing back the Steve Austins and the Undertakers and the uh, whomever else is still alive that they can wheel out there in a wheelchair and toss into the ring, the Goldbergs. This obsession with looking backwards, while I understand it when you live in a period of time disassociated from the fruits of your labor, disconnected from your neighbor... I understand the urge to look backwards, but as artists, as filmmakers, we, it is incumbent upon us to be forging new ground. And what was once fresh has now rotted and is stale and it stinks. And it's depressing. I'm so happy that filmmakers of my class, of of my generation, of my era have gotten great opportunities.
Not only are they of my same age bracket, but they're of my same. They're from Austin, Texas, where I cut my teeth. I'm so happy for them. And yet, I'm disappointed that we are still doing the same old, same old stale homages that were fresh when we were still had pimples on our faces. That were fresh when we were still, when our voices were still cracking. When our faces were still covered with pimples, when we're still getting hair in funny places, we're still using those same techniques and we're not using them well. And we're not breaking new ground. So if I leave you all with anything, it's this. As artists, as performers, as content creators, it is incumbent upon us to try to the best of our ability to break new ground, to use our art, to say something fresh and challenging to push the envelope, to communicate lost information. If your art only serves to be a remembrance of a time that was better than now, it's part of the problem of why now is not as good. So I want to thank you all for listening. This has been a Culture Cut with your host, Dave Escuro. Until next time, gold rings on you all.